Alright, welcome good fighters, coming to you live with a whole lot of connection, intention, and purpose. I'm Dr. Nash, aka the Art Healer, coming to you live with Dr. Chase aka the Art Thief, and we're very, very happy to present Dr. Chase Vasquez. Um, Dr. Chase and I go, I mean, we all go way back. We are all students in the same class at Palmer College in Davenport, Iowa, and Chase and I, we spent oh, a lot of time together at the beginning. outside of school, um, really trying to develop our art, our science, and our philosophy together. I, I remember times before philosophy class at 7.30 in the morning, we'd meet up and go through some some green books. We'd go through some, the chiropractor adjuster. I mean, uh, top to bottom, I've got so much love for this guy. This guy's helped me grow as a person and really inspires me um, in all aspects of my life and as becoming a chiropractor and being the best chiropractor I can be. So a few things about Dr. Chase that a lot of people don't know. He won the Academic Excellence Award at, at Palmer, and he'll tell, tell you a little bit more about his story, but it's quite phenomenal to hear his journey and this path that he's walked to even receive that award, to be nominated for awards like that. Uh, it, it's just quite amazing the changes that you can make when you really become in line with your connection and your intention and most of all your purpose. And that's a very powerful message that can really make a dramatic change and actually uh, the things that you can achieve, but the impact you can have on others. Because above all else, this guy's out here impacting not just lives of, and pe of people around him, but people across state lines and people who are going to impact a lot of people in the same way. So, um, Dr. Chase, why don't you kind of tell everybody a little more about yourself and a little bit of what you got going on? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's actually an honor, um, you know, and of course, for the kind words, uh, you guys obviously shape what I do just as much as you shape what, or I shape what you guys do. So yeah, those early mornings, waking up before school, getting this uh, philosophy class, doing the uh, early chiropractic adjuster training. Yeah. Yeah. It changed everything, right? Doing the work, what you do outside the Palmer curriculum, the chiropractic curriculum is actually what's going to make you the great chiropractor. So wouldn't have had a better team to uh, do that work in that third, fourth, fifth curriculum we were adding in on top of our in-school curriculum. So super, super honored to be here and help, you know, provide another curriculum for young doctors coming up, right? So uh, yeah, Dr. Nash kind of introduced a little bit, uh, quite academically uh, awarded as far as going through Palmer, got a couple things behind me of things that I was able to do while going through the Palmer curriculum, but it actually wasn't all that way. Um, when I was young, I was not welcomed. Let's just say that. I remember before I was like 10, I was at my neighbor's house and I had so much energy and I had so, I was so loud and, and understimulated that his parents actually kicked me out. They're like, you can't come hang out here. Like, we don't want you here, but you have too much energy. And I was kind of like, Oh wow. I can't authentically express who I am. Like my purpose is to have energy about things that make me so happy. And I am happy. And you're telling me this is wrong. Okay. That's interesting. You know, fast forward, you know, maybe you know, a couple years later, and I was getting babysat by a really close family friend, and they called my parents. They were like, yo, we got kids that are seven and eight years older than this, but we cannot handle this kid. He's not coming <laughs> over. And this is a family friend, right? Like, they know me. They know my parents. They know my siblings. They're like, this isn't happening anymore. I cannot handle how much energy this kid has. Like, he's just off the walls crazy. And so kind of from a young age, I was told that, like, being authentically who I was was not appropriate that like in school I had to sit down shut up and just fall in line and I think that 
that really inhibited my growth of connecting to what my purpose is and living with intentions that are appropriate to fundamentally who I am from a very, very young age. And, you know, not only is this happening to me, but, you know, through a systemized school system, you know, I think it's happening to a lot of people. And it would get to the point where I would be in school and I would be like folding origami and drawing and the teacher would be yelling at me for not paying attention. And I'd have to kind of look up and be like, you just said this, this, and that. I need to do more to pay attention because if I don't fiddle my hands, fold origami, draw, I'm going to be talking, doing way more because you're not stimulated. <laughs> and and they, re- they really just didn't understand it. But, you know, luckily my mom kind of started to understand it at the time. So eventually fast forward, I fail seventh grade. I'm just like, I can't pay attention to this teacher. She's like old school dinosaur, old school teaching methods, and it's not working. So academically, I'm obviously just getting C's and D's all the way through school. I'm never academically gifted. Um, eventually go to summer school. Teachers are kind of passing me just so I'm out of their hair. Um, high school, I'm finally like, okay, right when wrestling season starts, I can pass classes just because I want to wrestle. So other than that, I'm sitting at the DF mark. We'd get to sports and then they'd bump up to a C just because I had a purpose and I was wrestling. And I, that gave me enough juice to actually do the work. Uh, you know, don't know what I want to do after school, high school, community college. Okay. Take classes just for the sake of getting a piece of paper. Undergrad, still taking classes just for the sake of getting a piece of paper and, you know, working full time. So I didn't graduate undergrad till I was 24 years old. Right. And uh, then a lot of experimentation, maybe a little bit of too much drugs. Um, at one point, definitely did not have a home I lived in. Kind of bounced around a couple of couch surfings. Uh, luckily, I had great relationships with some people. And eventually I start working for a chiropractor and I run his exercise rehab program. And then eventually I start doing his books and kind of get bored. I'm like, I need more than this. Like I'm allowed to help patients and I love helping patients, but I don't get to decide their care and I can do more than what I'm doing here. And that's when I made the decision. It's like, all right, I'm going back to school, going to chiropractic school and I'm going all in. And from there it was like, it was easy to have a 4.0. Like it actually did not take effort at all which was the weirdest thing because I always kind of thought I was stupid. I always thought I was bad at school. I always thought that like I wasn't good enough to do these things because of what maybe teachers in my past had told me. But in all reality, the hardest curriculum I was ever in was easy for me because I was connected with myself on what my purpose was and what my intentions were. My intentions were that by the end of this, I will look at a human body and I'll be like Neo from the Matrix. I will see your DNA running <laughs> down. I'll know exactly what's happening in you and I will be able to help you. I will be able to help you naturally. And I'm going to be the best doctor I can be. And, you know, it was really this point where I decided that, you know, life comes from me and not to me. It's not like, hey, this is happening to me. But like, is my decisions that life comes from me? that it all changed and that I was actually connected with the life coming from me that I had power over all of my situations based on my intentions of how I go into every single situation so that I can actually live to my purpose a hundred percent. And we all have different purposes. We all have different voices. Like my voice is not the same as Nash's voice. It's not the same as Dr. Gates's voice, right? It's all a little different. And yours is different as a student, even as a chiropractor. All chiropractors' voices are different. And you know what? We all have to learn in a different ways and, and serve people in different ways. And if we try to fall into these cookie-cutter programs, 
what we end up having our true purpose actually kind of stomped out for somebody else's dream, somebody else's purpose. And guess what? Somebody else's dream and purpose is not going to make you happy. And quite honestly, there's a lot of dropout from the chiropractic profession. And it's because old chiropractors saying you have to do it this way, eating their young, saying like, hey, you've got to work for no money, overwork, and I'm going to destroy your self-confidence and self-worth. And you're going to drop out of this profession before you even make impact. And so, you know, as a young student, that's why it's so important to connect with, you know, what is your ideal purpose and can you create it? Yes, you can create it. And it doesn't have to be what anybody else created, even if they're the person that got you into chiropractic. What I do, far different than the man that got me into chiropractic. Mm. So, yeah, long story short, a bridge version there. A lot happened in between, but uh, pretty much, yeah. No, you know, Teachers calling me dumb, yelling at my parents, saying, hey, this kid's going nowhere. He's going to be homeless and or kill people and end up in jail. So now I train some of the you know brightest young students to make impacts on you know as many people as i can so hey, phenomenal wow we could just stop the show right there <laughs> that was awesome i think we got our little uh snippet that we can add for yeah, yeah. Teaser, bro. Day, awesome. i do the concept of like people thinking you're dumb astounds me because of just like i, I mean what i know of you from school that just like doesn't even comprehend in my mind. And and for all those listening, Dr. Chase was always the one that was asking the deep questions in class and the, the questions that nobody else would probably think of, you know, just operating on another level um, than me. I don't know about Dr. Nash, but definitely than me. Um, Bro. So thank you for sharing that, brother. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of interesting as far as getting ready to connect to people, right? And we as chiropractors, we all want people to connect with us on our version of chiropractic. And yeah. in my opinion, that's kind of what's getting us to this, hey, 10% market share. Less than 10% of people have their next chiropractic appointment scheduled, right? And yeah. that's because we say, hey, here's my idea of chiropractic. Let me shove it in your face. Get it? Get it? Get it? Don't you get it now? As opposed to like, hey, let me tell you my story. Here's my version of growth. This is the hero's journey for me. And guess what? You can go through it too. What's going on? How can I help your needs and correct the cause of your problem? And most chiropractors are like, hey, here's, let me tell the story. Don't you get it? Come on, don't you get it? Buy in. Don't you get it? And that's what our mentors have all done. And they've only ever gotten 10% of the market share. So to me, it's kind of time to start doing something different and start, start to tell our unique story of correcting our cause. And you know, it's a lot right along your guys' uh, topics that we love to con- uh, connect with. Connection to yourself, your intention with every moment you're in, and your purpose. And the second that you actually can meet somebody else on their current level of connection, their current level of intention in changing their health paradigm, and their actual purpose, because that's why people are going to buy chiropractic, because, hey, this back pain is affecting my purpose. This situation is affecting my purpose. I no longer can fulfill my duty as a mother. That is my purpose. You need to connect with them on that, not natural life, natural life, natural health. You don't need pills, right? So, I mean, I'm all about it. I agree. That is my idea of chiropractic, principled chiropractic for sure. But 
is it gonna help us sell and change more lives? And so yeah. that's why I think, you know, when most people view me, especially even as a student, only knowing me as a student in chiropractic, they're gonna be like, wow, that's just that quack down the street. That's just like, they just have this <laughs> really extreme view of what's going on. But that's because, you know, a lot of those people haven't been presented with my journey from where I was to where I'm going. And until we actually um, present our journey of where we were to where we're going and how somebody else can have that journey of where they were to where they're going with chiropractic, we're never going to be more than that 10%. And to me, that's how we make a better world. More chiropractors making more money, treating more people can have more impact. Because guess what? Poor chiropractors can't change the world. Money has its place. And, and really going off of, uh, you know, just how eloquently you put it with when you're connecting with people and really not shoving. No, not <laughs> oh, you lost me. Okay. Am I back in? We were losing you for a bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so uh, what I was saying somewhere. was um, really with what you were saying, Chase, about really trying to shove down people's throat, uh, your idea and your concept of chiropractic and your concept of uh, how you can help them. Uh, it's it's really so much, so much more profound when you can really help somebody understand that what you're doing is really truly helping them do what they love to do with their purpose, right? And right now in this present moment, yeah, that's super powerful. And the the beauty of it is it's gonna not only help you do that now, but also in the future. And maintaining your purpose, I mean, that's just really what creates a fulfilling life full of fulfillment right and i think ultimately right. that's what uh, a lot of people are looking for you know when, when you see these commercials for you know any medication under the sun what is it showing people doing it's showing people doing things that they they find fulfillment in you know their purpose from playing outside like i love being outdoors i love being able to be happy being happy is a great purpose or you know uh an intention for a lot of people is i want to be happy i want to be you know, whatever free, not just pain free, but I don't want to have to deal with this X functional problem anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting people to accept you and your story and understanding that you've come a long way, I think is a, is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps people relate. And like on top of that, definitely even talking about advertisement and just saying like, Hey, look at, Look at how happy I am. Take this medication type of thing. Um, what's the number one rule of sales? Stay in agreement. What's the two rule of sales? Don't confuse them. What's number three rule in sales? Don't make them feel embarrassed. And guess what? When we shove a paradigm of natural health down somebody's throat who's been living in a paradigm of pills and medication and medical doctors that don't see eye to eye in what actual health is, that's embarrassing. And we're never going to make the sale if you make them feel embarrassed and confused. And by going straight to an opposite paradigm, what's it going to do for us? So getting back to their intentions, connecting with people, somebody walks in your door through a Facebook ad, you connect with them, you ask them what they do for their, their job, you ask them what they do for life and fun. And then you ask them, okay, well, what can I help you with? And they're like, you know, my migraines are bad. I'm like, okay, well, most people that have migraines for the last three years, and they're just now getting treatment, it's because the migraines are stopping them from doing what they need to do. They love to do. 
So what did I do? They're like, I've been super crabby and unconnected with my children. I'm like, hey, that's not okay. That's your purpose in life. You feel fulfilled as a mother. We need to get this solved. That's all they care about, that you can solve their problem. They don't care that the brain travels through the spinal cord, connects to every organ. They don't care that the dura has a connection straight to the suboccipital muscles. And that's why occiput adjustments help so much with mind. They don't care. They care, can you help their problem? And through building credibility by helping their problem, you can then slowly solicit them what a real natural lifestyle is. You can slowly solicit them what it's like to actually live healthy. You can slowly solicit them by talking tick what it means to be natural and correct the cause of your disease, whether it is in the mental, the physical, the emotional, the relationship, even the economical. There is a cause to that disease and you can correct it naturally, but you're not going to do it by making somebody feel embarrassed. And I think for me, you know, that was a big hurdle as a student because I was just like, if I can do this, if I've gone from where I've gone to where I'm at now, I can just, I can, I can just explain this. I know it so well, I can explain it. And, and that just wasn't true. Like I had to humanize myself and be like, Hey, guess what? This is how hard it is to make this growth. And I know it's hard and I'm not going to tell you how it's going to happen, but just know I can help. So let's get started. I love what you mentioned there, not just in this, but before what you were talking about. And someone's someone's full expression that isn't our own, okay? Because when we we want we do as chiropractors want people so badly to get the big idea that we don't even stress the fact that their operational fulfillment in life is different than ours, right? We want we essentially are trying to make them chiropractors themselves, when in reality we don't. What they need is full innate expression, right? Oh yeah for themselves and, and releasing that through the connection, intention and purpose is so key. But I just love what you said there about the more we get out the way and let them express who they are and let them express how they do their healing. Dude, that is chiropractic. It's not, it's not making them chiropractors. And, and you'll notice another thing is a lot of the leaders in the field, a lot of chiropractors, gurus, all the people that we've been looking up to as mentors, they post things that other chiropractors would like. They're like, oh yeah, I totally, yeah. <laughs> I totally vibe with this. And then they get all these likes and shares and then all the chiropractic students share them. And it's just like, that's just, just alienating ourselves more. That has nothing to do with actually meeting everybody else on the level they're at. So even look at an adjustment. Um, as, as students, you usually adjust people that are like, oh, I've been adjusted a bunch. I'm a student, totally relaxed. You go to <laughs> cervicals is butter as a doctor try to hold people's heads and they all and they all tense up and they're like i am not accepting of this adjustment and how much harder is it to make the adjustment when they're not accepting of it and it's the same thing with sales it's the same thing with somebody becoming a we have to meet them where they're at your adjustment should be to the degree in which somebody is accepting of the adjustment or else you're forcing you're educated on them still as opposed to actually allowing their innate to be free so same thing with sales, same thing with talking about chiropractic, same thing about being able to make relationships with people for chiropractic to improve chiropractic. You meet them where they're at. You don't ask them to meet you where you're at. You can't come through and just say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. You say, hey, what do you need so we can do it? Mm. I love I that. do that for you. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. How can we do it? Wow. Um really when you were talking about that, that growth period too, right? Where it, it is a struggle because there's so many different things. I mean, 
you know, even like think about like a tree, for instance, right? Like growing is not an easy process. There's a million things trying to hold that tree back from growing up. And same goes for character and anything else you're trying to do in life. There's a million barriers. There's a million things that can be distractions and gravity. I mean, um, that's just like the number one rule is like that resistance is just going to make, make that growth. It might make it more uncomfortable, but it's going to make it that much more profound. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. Dr. Chase, when we talk a lot about, uh, you know, you share a little bit about your evolutionary period and what that kind of looked like for you, but I want to, you know, that, what Dr. Nash and I have talked about before is there's usually at some point in the line, you can, you can pinpoint almost this certain moment where you realize your actual potential or you realize, Hey, this is where my connection, intention, and purpose needs to be. How do I get there? Is there a time when you can kind of isolate to that moment to where the, the switch was flipped? And would you mind divulging into that a little bit? Yeah, there's kind of, it's kind of a two-part situation. Um, so right out of high school, I had a wrestling scholarship and I didn't take it because I was like, all I've ever done is go to school so I can wrestle. So I need to go to school for going to school. Turns out I still didn't grow up and go to school to go to school. I go to, went to school for a piece of paper. Um, but I was coaching a high school wrestling team. I was 18 years old and they actually got like sixth in state the year before. The two years I coached them, they went to third and second. So I felt like I made a big impact and I was able to connect with the young kids. And I remember saying, man, I'm going to go to school to get a job that allows me to coach a wrestling team so I can be happy because impacting other people, coaching other people, mentoring other people to succeed was the thing that made me feel the most fulfilled. So right at that moment, I knew coaching, mentoring young individuals to become their highest potential and watching them win was going to be everything for me. Like, you know, there was never going to be anything more than that. And, you know, I've got some, so a lot, a lot of seminars, paperwork I've done where we talk about identity and it's actually a systematic way to find out your identity. My number one, it's an, a learner. Number two, it's a coach and a mentor. Like number three, after that, a servant. Right. But you know, that's what, it, and even before family for me, like that is who I am. Um, so then you kind of fast forward and um, I remember actually making these impacts on young wrestlers lives when they actually looked up to me, respected me, giving me the opportunity to in Palmer, you know, I was teaching the cadaver labs, gross one spinal um, taught NMS phys die eventually got into pelvic TA pretty much, you know, most of the curriculum just cause I loved teaching so much. And it got to the point where I was teaching some technique at the Pi Kappa Chi fraternity and people are like, man, I actually already took pelvic, but you just explained that so much better simply. And I, I could not for the life of me understand why my line of drive was this or that before you said it. And in my head, I was like, I'm here to make better chiropractors. Like, yeah. it's happening. Like, yes, do I need to share my gift to my patients? Absolutely. My patients need my gift. And I, I, I put a lot of effort into that. But the number one intention I have is helping more chiropractors reach more people to make a better world. And that's why I'm here. That's my purpose. My purpose is to be a goal, a uh, coach, a mentor. My, my connection to myself says I am the most happy when my intentions are that. So, for example, uh, I work part time at a little clinic and, um, you know, I only work Thursday through Saturday. 
I'm working on opening up my own clinic Monday through Wednesday. And I'm also working on building my seminar. I've actually already built a seminar. I've served about 50 students in uh, the Palmer Davenport, which ends up being out of the 900 students there, you know, 6%, considering the fact only 30% go to seminars. I actually have a good size of the market share already for, you know, just starting in last October, you know, 25% of the market share, really. Um, so pretty proud of that, that big growth there. And that is what, when I wake up, it is so much easier for me to be up at five in the morning and working on spreading the word of chiropractic to make better chiropractors than it is. this is all chiropractic is, or wow, this is all I get to do. They get an okay paycheck. Let's say they make 70 grand a year, let's say. Um, And then all they're doing is hammering away on both SI joints. And all they're doing is just seeing patient after patient after patient. And they're not getting any satisfaction because it's not their personal connection to their purpose. And their intent is, I need to collect this money so I can pay my bills. And they're actually doing a job for the exact opposite reason they got into chiropractic. And my job is to make sure that nobody else falls into that. Because trust me, I have been there. You know, I didn't go to chiropractic school until I was 26. And uh, yeah, the few years in between, there was a lot of sedation. Um, And in my my personal opinion, celebrating is great. Using some substances here and there to expand your mind or enjoy times with friends. Celebrating is great, but there's no reason to sedate your true optimal expression. Subluxations sedate your true optimal expression and, you know, falling into a rut that destroys your self-confidence, that destroys your self-value because you work for somebody who does not pay you or teach you how to optimally express who you are. They want you to express their dreams and hopes. Um, it is never going to help us get a higher percentage of market share. It's never going to help us change more lives. And it's never going to ultimately give chiropractic the respect it deserves. So what's the mm. Einstein insanity? Keep doing the same thing and expect different results. So, you know, I'm never going to give up on principled chiropractic. But the way we package principled chiropractic, we got to start thinking that it's a little insane if we think we're going to get over 10% doing what we've been doing. For sure. Right. And, and honestly, uh it's creating a, like a frictionless process, like in communication that like, uh, you know, people feel friction when you're almost like, it's not that you're talking down to them, but like in a way, like it's like you talked about before, it's confusing. You bring up all or these embarrassing. Things. Yeah. Or embarrassing. Or it's like, I don't know that. I don't, I mean, I've been doing all these things that he tells me I shouldn't be doing. That's embarrassing. Like I, you know, I, I want to, I do care for my family and my body. I, that's, you know, it's, it's a thing that like, that communication and it's almost like psychology behind it that uh, that really should be emphasized, especially you know not just in chiropractic school, but as uh, the more we get into practice, you and I and you especially, Chase. That's just like the the number one way that you can really help people and spreading the message of chiropractic, getting that beyond that ten percent. That's how, I mean, in my opinion, and thanks to you, that's really how we do it. it is, Lowering the barrier of entry. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be me for me to help you. Yep. And a lot of us is like, you know, this is, this is a one, one way contract. It works this way or it doesn't work at all. And I mean, it's like, if we really break down to this idea that my priorities are your results followed by my reputation in that order. And guess what? As long as I'm actually working for your results, my reputation will follow. 
but you're not going to get the results if I'm berating you, making high barriers of entry, confusing you or embarrassing you for not understanding the fact that you have to do your at-home exercises, that you have to lose 50 pounds, that you need to stop eating all this process. I mean, if that's how I'm coming at you, there's, there's never going to be any change. It's got yeah, that low barrier of entry into the chain or else it, it is. And, and that's for everything. That's even for you students, right? Um, for you to choose chiropractic school, you either were born and bred into it or you had this moment where you broke down a ton of barriers. And that is uncommon. Most of it happens over time because you were bred into it. You had a family friend, you had a parent, you had somebody that that mentored you along the way for a long time. And they slowly broke down these barriers of this idea that, man, what everybody else is doing for health is actually super inaccurate. Or you had a huge aha moment where you spent thousands of dollars on migraine MRIs and medical doctors and prescription pills. And you're like, none of this works. There has to be something else. And it was a huge aha moment. And we love those huge aha moments in our lives, in any sort of barrier we need to break down for change, but is usually not how it happens. You know, every once in a while, somebody hits a grand slam at baseball, but more often than not, it's a single after a single, after a walk, after a single. And finally, once we just have simple success, taking small steps, the big results happen. Yeah. Uh, game, it's a bunch of battles, not, uh, or it's a bunch of battles that make the war, right? For sure. So, real quick, sorry, Nash, real quick before we forget, can you shout out your seminar real quick, Chase, so that people can hop on board, man? Oh, I would love to. So natural functional correction. It is a hands-on technique training that talks about neurology and biomechanics to back principled chiropractic. So it actually has guidance physiology, new medical journals to come back and say, hey, subluxations decrease your expression of life biomechanically. Here is what you need to do to reduce this interference and increase the expression of life to an optimal level. So absolutely great using research. And from there, uh, we do a lot more than just hands-on training. We do business training. We do personal development. And in the business training, I'm not just saying like, hey, go find a place with less chiropractors and serve everybody. It is, what do you want in your life? Who is important to you? Spending time with your family? Is it serving this specific population? Is it being in the sun? What is actually going to make you the happiest? Because when you are happy, you will do your best work. If you're not happy at home, you will burn your business to the ground. So I go through a systematic process of finding your identity, what you need to be the happiest you can be to serve the people the most optimally, and go through these step-by-steps all the way to the point of telling you how to find what street you should open up your practice on. Is this business training in the volume one natural functional correction? And from there, those who choose to continue to do training with me, we have developed the conscious creation curriculum, which actually goes even in further in depth into these modules that start off with what is your branding? What is your niche? Um, how can you market and how can you speak using these niche and branding wordings into creating whatever program you want? And right now I'm in the middle of not only making this for chiropractors, but now expanding it out to other sales and uh, service providers, right? Because ultimately, the more people that are happy and feel encouraged to follow their dreams, we can have a better world, right? So when you actually love yourself enough to be true to your identity, that you're willing to be rejected by all the wrong people that aren't supposed to be in your life so that you can find the people that are supposed to be in your life, 
I yeah. think that's how we change the world. I think that's how we fix the world. Instead of this conformity, follow, let me not be a leader of my own life, but just go to school to get a job, to be a cog in the mechanism of somebody else's dream. That That's not really going to do it for anybody. So the conscious creation curriculum really developed out of this idea that uh, life comes from you and not to you. And you can sit there and be a sedative reactor and react and sedate and react and sedate, or you can be conscious. And you can create. And that comes right back to the connection, intention, and purpose. That is a conscious creator. And, you know, we have just developed a curriculum that, you know, I've got a alpha pilot study going with uh, four great students at Palmer that are getting tons and tons of value out of this curriculum. And, you know, I'm super excited to see them graduate and jump straight into exactly what their true voice and purpose is in this world, rather than being caught in a 15-year rut, being like, this is chiropractic. So yeah, awesome. functional correction. Right. if you want more information, the hands-on chiropractic page, Davenport, or you find me, Dr. Chase Vasquez, Facebook, um, nfc.seminars at gmail.com, or Dr. Chase at naturalfunctionalcorrection.com. Man, students, hop on that. Shoot. Dude. Uh, unlike That's the value we all need, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't find that anywhere. Um, you know, one last thing there. Um, you know, for your listeners, because they're already going out of the way. Normally, I charge $395 to attend the Volume 1 Correction, National Market Correction. Um, I'll go ahead and take $95 off your ticket just for people who find me through this seminar or through this podcast. If you find me through this podcast, whenever the next seminar comes up, I don't care if this is in five years and you just listen to it, I'll take $95 off. You can come for $300. So, you know, that's like 18 hours of training, and that includes a two-on-one session. I actually go over the protocol with my own patient. You get to watch it. And then I watch you go over the protocol with a partner and you get individualized instruction with nobody else there to distract you. No reason to be embarrassed about trying to train in front of your peers. So uh, that's a special deal just because, you know, uh, if you're already listening to Dr. Gates, Dr. Nash, you're hungry, you want to get better and I want you to get better. So come find me. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Students. Five years you are Good fighters, man. That is awesome. Well, I want to keep rolling here. I mean, we're good to go. We got a, we got yeah. some time here. We're keep killing. But that that alone, Doctor Chase, has just been awesome. What you you are bringing to, and, and what we talk about here in terms of good fighters is not just chiropractors, like you said, but people trying to really realize how they can shift their own mental paradigm to do what it is that they're supposed to be doing in connection, intention, and purpose. And man, you are living it out here. You're making it happen for other people. Um, and that alone fulfills my soul to know that, hey, good fighters are out there being good fighters, you know? Putting those rounds in. You know? Putting the rounds in. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I was actually talking to a student that was going through a little bit of a difficult time uh, not too long ago. And they were like, you know, you've been working your butt off to bring some people some great content. And I just had to say to him, I was like, you know, it might sound cliche, but do what you love and you never work a day in your life. So guess what? Yeah. Uh, like when you say good fighters, I think what is your connection, intention and purpose? What are you supposed to create in life? And guess what? When that is so in line with your identity, it actually comes from internal inspiration, not external motivation. And when you work from a place of internal inspiration, what it truly satisfies who you fundamentally are, 
it's not even a fight. It's like, it's fun. You're like, Oh, I just got punched in the face. It didn't work out, but that was fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even a fight. It's it's like, man, yeah, this is fun. So yeah. You know, like I said, it's much easier to wake up at five in the morning and help train chiropractors to be great. Knowing that when they succeed, I get to share just a small piece of that success and help way more people in the world than I could individually help as a chiropractor than it is to do just about anything. That's awesome. Are there, is there anything that you do in like your daily, um, whether it's daily habits or routines or even weekly, like it doesn't have to be a daily thing that helps you to build that authenticity, helps you to build um, that internal motivation. Um, it could be, you know, Dr. Nash and I talk a lot about either doing strikes, breath work, working out, um, meditation, all these things that have been influential in our lives that we continue to bring to ourselves each day so that. If, so that we're filled, so that we can continue to fill others, you know? Yeah, Is there yeah, anything yeah. That you can pinpoint that you do that? Absolutely. I'm actually working on a book currently. It is called Making Maverick. And the Maverick Protocol, meditation, affirmation, realization, you know, all these things, up visualization, um, up to the K at the end is like karmatic vacation. You actually have get known yourself so well and you're able to stand as who you are as an individual that – you're at peace. That is the idea, right? It's not pleasure. It's not like things don't ever go wrong, but you're actually at peace, right? And when you're doing the work, being at peace is super, super important. And the one of the ways that I get that done personally is I have these little worksheets and they have my daily battle, the things I do every day, what I need to get done through the week, and then affirmations. I write them every week to start off. I read them every day after I write them. Weekly goals, monthly goals, right? Um, and honestly, there's something very therapeutic about not just sitting time, um, saying these things out loud, but actually highlighting when you do them, I don't cross them off. I highlight them because it's not like good riddance. It is like, Hey, celebration highlight that I got this done. In addition, I actually keep all these. I have, I have like 60 of these filled out. I started right. when I was in chiropractic school. And you can actually look at my ability to um, do more work. And you can actually look at the facts like, man, I, I missed meditation and affirmation three times this week. And I also missed 10% of my weekly to-do list. Oh, I hit all my affirmations and meditations this week wow, I hit 100% of my weekly to-do list. And within that, you know, there's a couple books that I've read, specifically Garrett White. He's a, uh, he's a coach for um, successful male uh, businessmen who maybe don't quite put in the work with their family that they should have. And he talks a lot about having the balance between body being business and family, um, your relationships with the people that need it. Because, you know, it's pretty, pretty normal to find yourself to be uh, a two-dimensional man. I'm good at business. I'm good at exercise. Or I'm good at family. And, you know, I'm good at my own personal happiness, but I treat my body like crap and I can't make any money. But it's very rare to find somebody who actually, and then it doesn't have to just be a man. It just happens to be the mentor that I, that's his target audience. Um, it's very rare to find somebody that has all four figured out. So really trying to put intention into all four of those cups before I even start working, you know, it's like, have I actually maybe sent a text message to my mom? Have I actually told my significant other? I absolutely appreciate everything they do to me or for me, I should say. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's uh, 
it, it is absolutely just like uh, a very, very important step for me is to not only just think about the things that make me the most happy uh, as far as business wise, but, you know, am I filling up the other cups that make me a well-rounded individual uh, prior to even getting into it and nutrition, you know, things like that. I love vegetables and that's a new thing for me. I ate a bunch of fast food right out of high school, right? Um, I'm new in the last 10 years, but um, yeah. One thing uh, there's a lot yesterday is like the difference between affirmation and activation and affirmation. I mean, so much, you know, positive. I mean, there's nothing, nothing negative about it, but um, the activation takes it like to a whole nother level and dimension, right. Where like, you're really putting those, those affirmations to work for you and, and through you. Right. Where like um, you're embodying these things that, that not, you're not just like saying and writing down, but you're really trying to live it, right? And making it a part of like your authentic self and doing that for others around you, like that is just like a whole nother uh, level and tier for how you can really engage and push your own boundaries. Yeah, and I think a little cheat for that activation step is write your weekly to-do list right after your affirmations, right? If you write out 10 different affirmations or one long affirmation, whatever you have, you do, you're like, man, I'm affirming this is the person I'm becoming. What are my action steps to get there? Let's write my weekly to-do list. Oh, if I'm affirming that uh, I am accepting a money, I respect the money and money is just a monetary value of the value I bring to other people's lives. Hmm. Step one on Monday, bring value to people's lives. How do I do that? And that, you know, it's just a little cheat to make the activation actually um, more tangible, right? Because like when we get back to the the simple success doing small steps, uh, you know, the grand slam doesn't really work and it's daunting. Well, when you say I affirm I'm becoming this person, well, if that's the end result, this end all be all great thing, like, you know, you have to break that big goal down that into small steps and that's where it's like, I really like my whole weekly goal, my monthly goal, maybe even my yearly goal sometimes, including even my purpose. Like I write my purpose out a whole lot. And so, you know, staying on track, being able to do the things that we need to do to, you know, fight the good fight, as we would say here uh, on the podcast, then yeah, you know, you, you have to have a little cheats and ways that you organize your things so that it's not just a dream, but how do you actually take action steps to get results for that dream to be your reality? Totally. And like to really have like, uh, you know, um, we've talked about 12 rules of life by Jordan Peterson, a good amount on here. And one thing he talks about is, uh, you know, you ask somebody what their, tell me what your, your goal is in life. Right. And somebody will tell you, or tell me where you see yourself in like 30 years. Oh, I'm on a beach drinking a margarita. It's like, that's not a goal. That's a postcard. Right? Like there's, there's nothing substantial about that. You could be a bum doing nothing. You could do that. Right. Um, kind of going back to like talking about that grand slam. There's so much that goes, I mean, into even to the grand slam, you need to have guys on base, right. You need to get in those battle, those small little wins to even have the, the, you know, potential kinetic potential for that grand slam to like really bring everything all home. So there's a lot to preparation. I mean, I think that's a pretty overlooked part, uh, especially, I mean, for some students going through school, it's very easy to get caught up in like the day-to-day, I just got to get through this today, right now, and that's it. But there's really so much more behind it that you could really be setting yourself up for further success and, and further fulfillment, especially, you know, 
finding, you know, with your purpose being in line with your, your connection and your intentions, um, putting those guys on base proverbially to set up for that grand slam. Uh, I, I really liked what you said about right after those affirmations, writing on 10 things and 10 things on that to-do list. That's huge. Um, that, that's very, that's awesome advice. Bro. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's our goal here, right? More, more activation of those affirmations for everybody so that they can fulfill their purpose. Because sometimes those purposes, when you realize them, they're daunting. And that's why it's so easy for people to fall in sedation. Um, I don't know the truth about truth behind it, but you hear the statistics that um, people who, you know, are alcoholics are likely to be more intelligent, right? Like, the, you know, they understand their true purpose, their value. They understand how smart they are. They're afraid to take action or they don't know how or they don't believe they can. And then they have to sedate it to not actually live with the misery that, wow, I'm not actually um, living up to my potential. And that sucks. So, um, yeah, you know, that, that activation step, super, super crucial. And perfection paralysis is what one of my mentors calls it. It's like when you want things to be perfect and you have this big idea, this big daunting goal that's huge, that, that, that can paralyze you. That's like, I know I can do it, but how do I do it? What do I do first? What's the next logical step? And Sometimes you need permission to take that next logical step. And that's why I think everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs somebody to tell them like, you can do this next logical step. And it's not even like the mentor or coach is there to tell you, you can do it all, but you can take the next logical step. Because a lot of times what people are missing is permission. And like, you know, not to get super, super deep into um, where we're at in society today and everything going on, but when people are at their lowest level of their Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when they are barely able to have food and shelter, um, their self-actuation at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's not giving them permission to do any of those things, right? And so, you know, you see that a lot of people that when their biggest stress is if they're having food or shelter, um, they're never going to actually have permission from themselves to reach those higher, higher levels of optimal expression in themselves. And I want to give it to them. I want to yeah. give them permission. And I want them to know that they have permission. I'm giving it to them. So, you know, everybody here that's in chiropractic school, whether you're practicing chiropractic, going to chiropractic school, you have my permission to do it. Because even if you have a completely opposite voice of me, even if you don't believe in principled chiropractic, even if you think things are the exact opposite of me, you actually following your true purpose, intention, beliefs, and connection to this world is better than you being a follower of somebody else's dream, purpose, intention. You know, we talked about it before, Gates, with uh, you know some of these, uh, I think they call them success zombies or seminar zombies that like, you know, they go to all these oh, events, yeah. right? They like keep absorbing all this information, just like you know, have this identity built behind. You know, I, the more I go to, that's going to make me successful. And I think a big barrier with those types of people who have these uh, these inclinations that, like, yeah, I mean, those things are all very beneficial. But like, there's some sort of permission that uh, some people do need that they don't realize to really enact and, and embody some of those things that they're really spending the time to, to really try and learn. Right? Um, yeah. I, go ahead. I was just listening to uh, Andy Priscilla and obviously we referenced him a lot here. Um, just discussing about, they were, they were talking about different seminars that they went, went to. 
Um, and you have those success zombies that maybe go to the same seminar multiple times um, and they don't execute based on what they have. But then you also have the converse aspect too. If you go to one, let's say you went to one seminar your entire schooling career at Palmer, but you invested and you, you um, did all the actionable steps you produced and produced and produced and executed every single thing that you went over at the seminar, you would be more highly successful than somebody that just goes to 10 seminars and doesn't do anything with it. Um, and they were talking about that. And, and I think it's just so true because we go to a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of seminars available at school. And how much or percentage wise would you say the students at school actually execute based on what they learn or even execute what we learn in class? Totally. Even, even in class, like we talk about that all the time. How many, how many people were there when we were at adjusting? Yeah. Just yeah. us. <laughs> if maybe one other pair, um, well, not that adjusting day is everything, but at least, you know, that's your opportunity to execute. That was our opportunity to learn and to, even if maybe let's say it was done in a different way that we wanted to, we still got an opportunity. Uh, and that execution is so key. Yeah. And Chase, you, you said like 30% of the population of chiropractic school really are even involved in seminars at all outside of curriculum, yeah. extracurricular. And then how many of that are following those seminars? I mean, and the other ones that aren't, the 60% that's, or the 70% that's not doing the, the extracurriculum, I mean, are they really taking advantage of what the curriculum is providing them? Like, are they actually mm -hmm. going to be applying what they're going to school for? Or are they really just in there just checking boxes and uh, marking up scantrons and collecting a degree? Right? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. So all of this kind of reminds me of um, this quote by Garrett White. It's like, why does one man or woman... Uh, want something so bad, better body, more sex, better relationship, more money, better business, any of all of these things, better spiritual connection to self, know how to get them, but does not take the steps to. And it's because their subconscious or conscious beliefs don't actually align with their desires. So this big idea that like, wow, if my dad made a lot of money, but was never home, then you can't make a lot of money and be a good dad. And whether it is like conscious in your brain, you know it, or subconsciously it's sitting back there. The reason people actually don't implement these action steps is because they don't have these beliefs don't actually align with their, their desires. So, you know, for me, I was making a lot of money bartending, but I did not believe I deserved that money. So I'd go blow it on strangers. I'd just go out to the bar and be like, here, take my money. Let's buy you drinks. I don't know you. You want shots of Patron? Let's go. Like, I don't deserve this money. I have very little self-worth. So, you know, and that was my personal belief at the time that didn't align with my desires. And so you talk about these success zombies that, you know, they want these things. They want these things. They're willing to take one little step, but there's still this underlying um, emotional block on what their true beliefs are about how the world that needs to be opened up. And that's really something we go through in the natural functional correction. Volume one is saying like, Hey, what is this thing that isn't allowing you emotionally due to your subconscious or conscious beliefs that doesn't allow you to take your next, you know, logical action step to make this happen? Um, another thing I would like to just, you know, to my own horn and shout myself out, right? Um, I actually have videos of every single adjustment I teach. I have videos of my neurology and it is on a private Facebook page you get access to after attending Natural Functional Correction Volume 1 one time. So most people, they're like, hey, come to my seminar. You want my videos? $1,500, right? One time. So it doesn't matter if you're a first try student, a 10th try student. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you're a practicing doc. If you take this seminar, you will have a lifetime access to all this information, including revisiting neurology, revisiting biomechanics. So, you know, it, 
unbelievable opportunity. And, uh, you know, as much as I want to continue training everybody and I want them to come to multiple mind seminars, I'd rather provide new value. You can train this on your own time. I gave you all the content. You've seen it live. Go watch the videos. Go through the workbook again. Next time we meet, it's going to be new value, new content. And I'm not going to make take your money until I'm ready to deliver on the goods. Mm. That's fire. And I think so many of us as chiropractors, we oversell and underdeliver on those goods a lot of times because we're so focused on the monotony of it without the connection, intention, and purpose. Because so many chiropractors just getting around flying seven, crack, 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 do this, do that, exercise at home, whatnot. Instead of, like you said earlier, you want a better life to, to be able to have a quality of life with your kids. All right, let's make it happen, you know, and, and actually go after it in that way. And that and, and letting them know you're going to practice too. You're going to do everything you can to deliver a proper adjustment for them. Absolutely. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I'm all about the cash practice, right? Is that the insurance doesn't get to tell you what you need to be healthy and happy so that you can do the things you love. The insurance is a for-profit business that says, what's the least amount of money I can shell out to continue to make money off of you? They don't get to decide what you need for health. You get to decide. You have to decide. You have to do it. And you have to have the intention of getting better. And I have to lead you, not tell you, but lead you into the decision that says, hey, I'm doing this for this. I can I I can deal with the migraines. I can't deal with snapping on my children because I'm so irritable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and then that's where I saw this beautiful quote. I don't remember who it's by, but it was like, sales is ha- something that happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason you ever sell anybody on chiropractic is to do something for them, to serve them. Like, it's not like, hey, uh, I just did this to you. I just manipulated you into, you know, <laughs> overselling and under under uh, providing, right? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah that, that's not what it is. So, um, yeah, a big thing we like to talk about in our business uh, seminars and workshops is that our offer is always equal to the amount of value, trust, and engagement we build, right? If, uh, if you haven't built expertise, engagement, and if you're like, hey, come give me $10,000, the only people that are going to do that are people that are desperate and that has no integrity, right? Um, so you got to build enough engagement, trust, expertise that this person feels comfortable spending $10,000. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can accept $10,000 with integrity. You're not a bad person for accepting all that money um, because they are actually knowing the amount of value that they're going to get and how they're going to get it. Right. Nash and I, we talked on this a lot recently is just that fear based, um, that fear based decision making and how it can be. You can make fear based decisions from a negative or a positive impact. Like if I make a fear based decision towards chiropractic, does that make it good? I would argue no. You know, like that desperation that you were talking about in terms of making that decision, how ethical is that in ter- instead of providing life and value in the sense of, hey, look at what's possible for your growth and not a fear-based, don't you know what can happen to your spine if you don't get adjusted? But think about this. Even if they get the results and they made a fear-based decision, they will still have a sour taste in their mouth and some buyer's remorse because they did not feel the smoothness and continuity and ethics behind the cell. 
When, when they make that out of scarcity, when they make that out of fear, you can give them the results. You could reduce their migraines by 100%. You could give them optimal life expression. And you know what they're going to say? Yeah, I, you know, he was okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I, I didn't really like the way he talked or, you know, I I'd probably go to somebody else. Like chiropractic is great, but not that guy. Uh, and, and you can get them the results, but because that was not a, um, equal value exchange and because that wasn't made with integrity, it's never going to expand chiropractic past the, past the 10%. And I mean, quite honestly, we're under 10%, but that's the, that's the number of people I could throw out. Um, uh, yeah, maybe 10% of people um sometimes have their next chiropractic appointment but it's more like seven percent of the united states population has their next appointment scheduled which is crazy because guess what just where i'm at in gilbert a thousand people a month search for chiropractor gilbert a month there's only a hundred thousand people meaning (laughs) over a year the entire population unworth so what does that mean that means Somebody's leaving their chiropractor and going to another, leaving their chiropractor and going to another. Do we want to just keep fighting for the same 10% of the market share? Do I want to take patients from Nash and Dr. Nash is going to take patients from Gates and Gates is going to take patients? We don't want that, right? Like yeah. we, we want to expand the market share. We want to help more people. And you can only do that by, you know, offers with integrity. And so, for example, right. let, me, let, me, let me do two very, very, very similar, similar wordings that are far, far different. Now, I'm not really worried about what your spine looks like today, but in 10 years, if we don't get this taken care of, it's going to look a lot worse and you're probably not going to be able to walk and do the things you love. Okay. Let's change that script to how old did you think you were going to be when you felt like this? I'm not saying like the future is bad if you don't get my care. I'm saying look inside yourself and Tell me if you're treating your body how you deserve. There are two different ways of building value and expertise, right? And the wording is very similar. It's like, you're too young to feel this way. And if you keep feeling this way in the future, you're not going to do well. But one is allowing one person to decide the value of what this care is worth to them. And the other is me telling them the value of what this care is worth to them. Right. And, and above all else with that dude is the fact that it's an engaging process for them. Like they're, they're not like, Oh, well, yeah, duh, of course I don't want to not be able to walk in 10 years or, you know, yeah, of course I don't want to see my spine fused, but it's a thing where you have to really look inside and really like, you know, he's right. Why? I do feel old, but like I'm 27. Like that's just, I didn't expect to feel, I expected to maybe feel this way when I was 50, you know, or hopefully right. not like, um, that part and that portion, when you're connecting with somebody, that's that connection portion where that, that is, that is the most powerful thing you can do for somebody. Cause, um, that, then that, that, those eyes start to you know, open up a little bit. It's like, you know what? I do deserve to feel good. And I do deserve to, to, uh, prevent a house fire instead of having to put one out, you know? Mm. It allows them to connect the dots and the more they're able to connect those dots, the way that the way more too, they're going to rave about you. You didn't force them into something. They said, this is freaking awesome. I want to tell everybody about it, which is what yeah. chiropractic was found upon. Yeah. We BJ, like it. BJ Palmer, the, the Palmer school did not gain its value because we forced everybody in there. It gains value because of 
how everybody felt when they came through the through the hallowed halls, right? Same with students. But how much is that changing now, too? I'm all for chiropractic being a business, and you need to be able to take care of your family. You deserve to be rewarded mo uh, monetarily due to the value you bring to people's lives. But we're somewhere between this tell the story and manipulation that it's got to change. And we love to love to look at, you know, what chiropractors have done since the seventies and eighties to make their, have their lake house and their million dollar home. But what has it done for us? Like, Hey, guess what? We used to actually get decent insurance reimbursements. You guys abused it, bought your million dollar homes in lake house. Then when the insurance cut off, you're like, man, I got enough capital to win this game anyway. So then all of a sudden, hey, now we can just start abusing young people that don't have enough capital to then continue to uh, make big, successful, profitable clinics. It's like, okay, we can keep doing the same thing, but it's selfish. And that's not why any of us got into school. There's, mm. I mean, there's, there's a few and far between that just say, I want a big house and a good life. But in all reality, most of us know that a good life comes from serving a bigger purpose. Yeah, serving a bigger purpose and... You could have a great life and make $5,000 a year. Not super common in nowadays, but like you can, you can totally do that because yeah, it comes I from that one particular of, purpose. I think a lot of people confuse peace and pleasure. Totally. They're yeah. just like, oh, if I'm going to be happy, I need pleasure. I need a car. I need a house. I need toys. And I'll take peace every day. You know, I'll take, I can, I can make no money and just make better chiropractors that make a lot more money. And I feel pretty good, you know? I mean, obviously I want to feel rewarded uh, monetarily with money for all the value I bring to other chiropractors that are able to make value for individuals to make a better world. But at the end of the day, just knowing that I impacted other people's lives and that I lived with my purpose and, and I could be broke and that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And and that's peace is knowing that, uh, you know, I'm fulfilling my purpose to make the world a better place. And it just so happens that if you learn a couple decent business strategies that you can get embarrassed with money very, very handsomely, no matter what you want, you could you could be um, uh, I don't want to say like a beanie baby enthusiast, because I'm sure now they're worth more money than you know, they were like 10 years after they were out when everybody was okay. like, they're going to be worth a lot. And then they did, but I'm sure they're back to worth a lot of money, but you could be a, a, um, a pencil eraser enthusiast and somebody out there is going to share your values and you're going to figure out a way to make money off of that somehow. Like it is possible, you know, off the top of my head can come with it, but you give me a whiteboard in a couple of days. If you're a pencil eraser enthusiast, I'll figure out how you monetize that Promise. Literally Pokemon cards. Like we grew up, that was like, you know, when you're a kid, that's your jam, right? And nostalgia is a very powerful thing. And more recently, I mean, I've just seen a lot of stuff on online just about how that is like a huge trading business, and the value behind that is is phenomenal. Like it's very substantial. But yeah, yeah, it, it was a long term game for sure for the people that were doing it for the money, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely a long term game, and. You look at it 10 years later and you're like, man, I can't believe I spent $7,000 on Pokemon cards. And then you look at it over 50 years and you're like, damn, glad I spent $7,000 on Pokemon <laughs> cards, right? They're way different. And so, yeah, the nostalgia for sure. But, you know, just 
being able to bring value to people's lives. Somebody's going to value knowing that their different artworks, you can use different erasers to make certain things or their different note-taking, whatever it is. You just have to way to create the value, create relationships and do it with integrity. And unfortunately, when we live in scarcity, especially as students with $200,000 in debt, not a lot of us have time to take a breath and say, am I doing this with integrity? Because you're like, I got to run a profitable business. I got to pay off these loans or they're going to haunt me forever. And little do they know that, uh, you know, your growth might go up quickly and then you're going to curve out when you do it without integrity. But when you do it with integrity, it's actually um, exponential. So it starts slow, but in the long run, you know, you're never going to have anything tarnishing to your reputation. And after a couple years, you know, so the, there'll just never be anything uh, bigger than you as long as it's out of integrity when you're doing it. It takes a little bit more time. You know, you got to be able to, to dedicate that time to invest in your own integrity, right? Because above all else, that's, that's what currency is. Even dollars, they're just representation of how much uh, <clears throat> value is based on your time. Time, relationship. We call it relationship capital, right? Yep. Um, even... Even one of the things we teach in uh, the natural functional correction is distribution channels. Like if somebody already has influence over the community, you want influence. Let's say you wanted to work with uh, pregnant moms, pediatrics kind of things, and you got an endorsement from somebody who teaches a Lamaze class like, oh, yeah, Lamaze class. You have to go see Dr. Gates. You have to go see Dr. Nash. What is that going to do for your business if you are interested in working with with pediatrics and pregnant women? Well, guess what? That's relationship capital. They didn't do it because the chiropractor is sending them to their Lamaze class or they're making more money. They did it because you have a relationship with them and they truthfully want you to succeed because they care about you as an individual. It's all relationship capital. And even in the individual chiropractic one-on-one sales situation to um, everybody who is part of the community that comes into your clinic to everything you do outside your clinic and your community. It's all relationship capital and time capital. I mean, and time is the only money that you cannot replace. Like that's finite. Every other piece of money you can replace. And we're all caught up in our money situations with $200,000 in debt coming out of school. And we're not caught up with our time situations because we've been sitting behind a desk patiently for 17 years or some sort. Right. Um, same thing as me as a kid, right? I was bouncing around. I had all this energy. I couldn't sit behind a desk. I couldn't conform to learn the way other people. I was terrible at reading. I've read more books in my life since I was 25 than I had the rest of my life, right? Um, like exponentially more. I think the second book I ever read was when I was 25, right? Um, now I got stacks on stacks of books, okay? Uh, Facts. Like, so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely terrible. Because There was no way I was going to learn the way other people learned. And um, yeah, I think it comes back to that, you know, time. We've already wasted our time trying to learn in a system that does not connect to us. It doesn't align with our intentions and it doesn't fuel our purpose. So we don't actually see our time nearly as valuable as our money. But and quite frankly, we can always make more money. You can always buy another Ferrari. You never get a new body. You never get more time. That never happens. Like, you know. You can't add on. Only yeah. subtract. So that time is something that I think once you once you truly become 
outside of the school realm, you get so much more, you realize so much more how valuable it really truly is. And then for me, myself, adding family onto that type of stuff, that time is, it has been, um, you know, it's, it dwindles way faster than it gets made. Right. So <laughs> I always, I always ask, uh, I know Dr. Nash and I have talked about this before, but how can we somehow get more hours in the day to not only serve more people, but, you know, but I guess that would devalue time. It's kind of like print money. It doesn't really work that way. So utilize what we have is so crucial. And yet at the same efficiency. time, the efficiency is, is so, so key. And going back to your, your sheet that you showed up earlier, it allows you to be more, way more efficient, I'm sure, than just, Oh, hey, what do I have to do today? Oh, yeah, I got some people at this time. That's it, you know. Um, and I think that time is such a a commodity that we don't recognize until we get in that mindset of, oh, I have things to do that is not just based upon me, myself, and I. And the quicker we learn that, the quicker we get to where we need to be. Absolutely. And that you kind of realize like, man, I sat around in school for 15 hours getting this paper done. And, you know, I, I, I rewrote the same sentence 14 times and it's like, okay, you know, finally get it done. Or you procrastinate or you sat there on Facebook trying to get it done. And Most so it's like, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you got, you got the word document open and you're working on it and, and, you know, eventually it's getting there and eventually it's getting there. Um, but the other things you have to do when you're your own boss isn't sit on Facebook. So when you open that Word document to get this done, efficiency is absolutely key. And so like being your own boss, setting your own time schedule. In school, you're always told where to be, when to be, where to be, when to be. This is the first time in your life it's like, well, I have to delegate my time appropriately or I'm going to fail. And if you don't do what you love, your boss is a dick. You work overtime, <laughs> you get no paid time off, you get no bonus for working overtime, no Christmas bonus. Your boss is a giant dick if you don't love what you do. Yep. And you are pissed about how you spend your time. So, you know, back to just, you know, connecting with who you are, living in- intentionally for your purpose. You don't have to practice chiropractic how I practice chiropractic, how Dr. Gates, Dr. Nash. You can practice chiropractic however you want. Just make sure it is fulfilling your purpose, your identity, fundamentally who you are, or else you're going to be no different than the students that feel undervalued, overworked, going to a really crappy associateship. Yeah. I mean, you think it's like, oh, well, I, I got to make the rules and I make money for myself. It's like, no, your need to pay rent and and put fam- food on the table for your family is the boss. And there it is. <laughs> you don't like what you do. But the second you love what you do, it's like, hey, yeah, I get to go do this for my family. And back to right. maybe something I, I barely mentioned earlier is that, like, you know, internal internal inspiration versus external uh, motivation, right? Uh, I need to. I have to. Oh, I mm. have to go to work today. Is that your verbiage that's going on? Then you're probably not living something that is your true purpose. But if you're like, man, I get to go to work today. Oh, I get to go help this person learn this. Or like, I get to go to work so I can put food on the table for my family. Yeah, I get to go serve people. That the second you're like, I get to, I want to, I enjoy to. That's internal inspiration. That is fueling the fire of who you fundamentally are. And that doesn't happen by affirmations and just changing the way you self-talk. That happens by 
you are intentionally living your life to fulfill the purpose of who you fundamentally are. And that takes connecting to yourself. Like if you, you can't not take time to connect to yourself. You can't take time to noise, to cancel the noise. So one of the big things I like to talk about with meditation is the purpose is to create space from your thoughts, both pleasurable and non-pleasurable, painful thoughts, because guess what? Pleasure is not happiness. Peace is happiness. And you need to create that space so you can decide what peace is instead of just chasing the pleasure or avoiding the pain. So, I mean, that's the purpose of meditation for me is you create the space. That way you can make mindful decisions on how to create peace in your life as opposed to chase pleasure, such as sports cars, big house, pool, vacations that don't really serve anybody. In a way, yeah. uh, the principles, right? They serve as like building blocks for you to, for you to build like the, the building of yourself, right? No building is the same, but they, they allow you to really build that expression that, that manifests as your own authentic, authentic building. Right. And, um, yeah, dude, I just, I, I don't know. Like, that's just, uh, a really important, I mean, it's not even like a lesson that you can really pick up in school other than just through uh, really being able to hone in on that connection with yourself and and creating that space between those pleasure and those non-pleasurable thoughts. You're building an analogy. Go for it, Dr. Nash. I I was just going to say with that too, connecting that with discipline, because in discipline, you learn a lot more about yourself than you ever would just purely through a pleasure. But the discipline, you have pain, you have Harm obviously is for growth, but within that discipline, you become a, a secondary person inside of yourself that allows that release and connection with yourself and a greater purpose. With and a greater purpose. So, um, your little building block analogy, Dr. Nash, kind of made me think of another one, and that is like if you look at a city compared to like the suburbs. In the suburbs, all these low, low, low buildings are all cookie cutter the same. They all look the exact same. There's nothing different about them. But if you go to the city and you see the skyscrapers, no two skyscrapers are the exact same. They're all so much different and stand out. And the only way they were able to build themselves up so tall, the only way they were able to build themselves up so great is by using the same building blocks, the same building material, but following such a different pattern that was only true to what would work for them. So, I mean, so when you were saying the different building blocks and the buildings and yeah, for me, it's just like you're trying to be a skyscraper or you're trying to be a cookie cutter um, suburb home, right? Like where are you trying to be? And it all ends up with like those skyscrapers have a lot of stuff going on in them. They're complex, but they often serve a bigger purpose. They often have a building that says, you know what, like, let's say for example, like a GoDaddy.com, right? Weird a name as far as a business, but they're giving people the opportunity to host their own websites so they can make their own business. That is a bigger purpose. I'm saying, wait, you too can start a small business simply enough with, I mean, that's, that's a skyscraper that has some very complexity, bigger purpose than just making money. It's actually helping a lot of small businesses do things they can never do without that, that uh, hosting service, right? So yeah, you use all these little building blocks to make yourself this unique thing. And then guess what? That unique thing, it's for so much bigger than just like being a giant skyscraper and making money. Because, you know, that's the pleasure, not peace. And, you know, peace is really making a difference in the people you love to serve. Yeah. And, you know, the difference between that versus like, you know, in a community, right? Like um, you have a skyscraper in your community or whatever, a really 
beautiful extravagant building with the same building materials as the other you know standard cookie cutter houses you're going to attract a lot more people you're going to be that beacon that people are hey that's a pretty interesting structure over there i'd like to kind of go visit that right and like not only are you helping yourself but you're helping others around you right and you're you're bringing people who like value the same thing so um i i definitely like that man um are you looking to be a cookie cutter house you're looking to be a skyscraper right um and skyscrapers aren't built in a day and just like anything that's uh worthwhile it takes it takes time it takes uh, dedication that you really need to you got to put the work in and hard material hard material uh you know you got to put them some sweat some sweat equity that uh it's uh it's a process that how you look at it can really change how fulfilling it is so um do you have any last final thoughts chase uh, you know drop in I just say that uh, it's not the Palmer curriculum, the chiropractic curriculum you're in. It's the second, the third, the fourth. So I always say to anybody in my program, the only way to expand past your mentor is to have at least three. So I don't care if you buy into other curriculums, but, you know, come by into mine, see what we got. And uh, that way, you know, let's say you've got a mentor you love. I want you to be better than them. I want you to be better than me. And I, I want chiropractic to be better than what it's been. And I want this world to be better than what it's been. So it's a pleasure being able to come out, share my message, tell you guys that, hey, guess what? Being homeless, being on drugs, not being able to read until later on in life, like that's that's not a that's not a barrier that people can't overcome. And you can overcome whatever barriers and I don't care what your barrier is, I wanna help you. So if there's anything I can do, even if you're not trying to pay me and you just have some questions, want a little coaching call, just just reach out. I'm here to help and more chiropractors make more money can make more impact for a better world. So thanks for having me. And uh, it's been a pleasure and keep on being a good fighter. Appreciate it. Chase. That was fire, man. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, I mean that we always talk about uh, good fighters on here, putting in those rounds and man, this guy, has, I haven't met anybody yet. Who's put in this many rounds, full rounds. Uh, th th this many full rounds, this early in the game. Right. So you got a bucket of rounds. Yeah, <laughs> dang! Like you, you, you got uh, multiple fights under your belt, bro. That's crazy. So, uh, anybody that has those rounds, man, we'd love to hear about them. You know, drop them in the chat. Let it, you know, reach out to us on our on our social media pages, as we uh, mentioned before. But once again, um, thank you so much, Doctor Chase, Doctor Gates. Do you have any final thoughts? Any final uh, messages for the for the listeners out there? Man, I just I think this was awesome. Take notes, take heed, and, and keep moving forward because. Honestly, you're not going to get value like that anywhere else within our profession, I think, right now. Beautiful. Cash. Don't forget Dr. Chase's offer, too. 95 uh, off. Yeah, for Take real. Take advantage and execute like, on what you That's like a $25 or 25% discount. That don't come every day. Most people like to talk about, oh, here's your five, here's your 10, here's your early bird special. Saying 25% off. Why? Because you indulge in content that I know is already making you better. Shoot, execute. five years from now, that, that course is going to be worth a grand, you know, plus just out of Dude. your reputation. So take advantage of that. So, Heck yeah. All right. Appreciate, All right, you, folks. appreciate let's, you both. Let's serve them up, eh?